This is exactly right. Are you listening to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer? The show has something for everybody, whether you're single and dating, in a relationship, maybe you're currently driving to divorce court. Nicole is wonderful, and she's been single for decades, and she can't figure out why. So on Why Won't You Date Me, she's on a quest to figure out how to be less awful at dating. She interviews comedians and celebrities about their love lives. I mean, I've been on the show, sorry, but I have. Trixie Mattel, Lacey Mosley, Paul F. Tompkins. New episodes release every Friday. Listen to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer wherever you get your podcasts. Perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home. You gotta come to me empty-handed. I said no gifts. Your presence is presence enough, and I already had too much stuff. So how do you dare disobey me? Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. It's, uh, you know, it's a wonderful day. It's you. It's me. It's maybe it's your phone. It's whoever's listening to us. Uh, and I hope that uh, we're going to have a good time here because we also have another person with us. Another fantastic, extremely funny person that I'm so thrilled to talk to. Aparna Nancherla. Hello. Aparna. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm okay. I don't know how to answer that question anymore. <laughs> I think you have to, I think the way to answer it is literally, how are you feeling in this literal second? Because outside of that, everything's spinning out of control. That's true. That's true. Then I would say I am maintaining a semblance of normalcy. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's all anyone can ask for at this point. Yeah, I think so. And How are you doing? I uh, I think I'm the same, you know? it's uh, It's been a perfect year, and yes, yes, yes. my mental health is an A+, plus, and, uh, you know, everything is just smooth, so mm-hmm. I'm perfect. Uh, no, I, I really think that I, all things considered, am fine. Yeah. Things could be much worse yes i mean personally right uh planet wise things may not yeah there's pretty, a good chance it couldn't be worse <laughs> yeah pretty strong argument for things being rough <laughs> at the very <laughs> least rough but they are you know i feel like we've got a little light ahead of us we've got you know Sure. Of vaccine, this kind of thing. Yes, yes. If we could just hang in a little bit longer, maybe we'll, it'll be fine-ish. Yeah, it feels like the part in the movie where there is a glimmer of hope. Yeah, I think we're like maybe 70 minutes into (laughs) 
Well, actually, that would be like a 90 minute movie. And this has not been a 90 minute movie. This is like right. a three hour, 15 minute movie. So this we're probably like. A- this is an Avatar. Oh, yes. Titanic type scenario. This is a James Cameron directed picture. And we're at like 245, I would say. Yes. Yes. So everyone needs to go to the bathroom at this point. Uh, everyone's feeling a little hungry for dinner, but we know it's almost over. Yes. I, now, I made a realization recently about myself about horror movies or movies where, you know, thrillers where everything falls apart around the main character. And then at the end, they're sort of left heroically looking around at the shards of civilization or their life. And I realized that I feel sorry for them. And I think, I think maybe <laughs> we're supposed to be happy they survived. And I realized that. I always think that they actually got the worst lot of everyone. <laughs> That's very true because they've lost everything. They've lost everything. Yeah, they They're get to be alive. They're never going to work but... through all that. Right. Their Psychic whole world's damage. falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but... what is what's the best case scenario moving forward for that person? <laughs> right. Like, the first person in the movie to die is kind of the person that we... We all want to be. You don't want to yeah. live through all that nonsense. Michael Myers yeah. killing everyone in the neighborhood and suddenly you're Jamie yes. Lee Curtis and you're hiding in the closet. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot to deal with. And then you're at like the beginning of a fr- movie franchise. You don't want to be at the beginning of a movie no. franchise. You've got all, all these challenges ahead of you. Yeah. And then by movie three, who knows what state you'll be in. Right. <laughs> I mean, you've lost at that, at that point multiple sets of friends and family you know it's too much it's absolutely too much i made the mistake of watching the most recent halloween reboot because it was directed by i'm not like a huge horror movie um, aficionado but occasionally i'll give myself ones to watch as sort of a personal challenge (laughs) and i don't know why i decided i would watch halloween but i think because the director was the guy did eastbound and down so for some reason i thought it would be funny and it wasn't (laughs) is there any comedy in it there's i think one little kid who's a little bit of comic relief but other than that pretty much grim grim (laughs) slaughter is it scary it's so scary. I, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I've only ever seen the first Halloween, which I really love. It's scary, yeah. but it's fun. It's like a yeah. like a movie you eat pizza with. And then I think I saw the third movie where mm. it's like about a haunted mask factory. Oh. Where like the, everyone puts on a mask and it brainwashes you. And uh, Whoa. Jamie Lee Curtis is not involved with that one. And, oh, that uh, one was like her sabbatical. <laughs> yes. She said, I'm going to take a step back. You guys do this one without me and I'll come back in 20 years. Um, yeah, because this one, I only mentioned this one because it really is like, you know, 20 years later or whatever. And, and it, we're we're stepping back into James Lee Curtis's life. And it's it's a horror show the way she has to live. After all she's <laughs> what is she dealing with in this movie? Is it is it like about her Michael Myers trauma? Yeah, it's like about her trauma. And there's like a new younger character or like her daughter, I think. But okay. then, of course, her daughter was raised with this like emotionally absent mother because <laughs> everyone she knows died. And you don't really blame her. And there's just a lot of locks in the house, if I recall. <laughs> 
Oh boy, and I feel like they made another one that was supposed to come out recently, but oh, I of, didn't even know that. I think because of the pandemic, maybe it got delayed. This also may just be something I've imagined somehow, or <laughs> some sort of glitch in my brain. But that feels right. I mean, they're going to keep making those movies regardless. So sure. So you were occasionally watching a horror movie. I feel like most people are either they will watch horror movies or they won't. And you have these little challenges you're giving yourself. Yeah, I think I really want to be someone who who is into horror movies. And then it's like I have this short-term amnesia where every time <laughs> I'm actually watching one, I'm like, I don't like this. Why did I do this again? <laughs> What's your like your physical reaction to a horror movie? Are you like screaming or are you just nervous? I'm nervous and then I uh I cannot watch the anything too gory like I have to shut my eyes during that part so if if it's a very bloody movie I'm I'm checked out for a lot of it. Right. I I feel like I can deal with like suspense and uh being chased around hallways this kind of thing. Yes. But the moment I we're love, seeing yeah. like a brain or, you know, guts, I'm, it's a little difficult for me. Yeah, I love psychological horror. So I think I'm always in the mood, like I think I'm in the right territory if I pick something that's more psychological. But then I don't know if you've watched any of Ari Aster's movies. But oh, like uh, Midsummer, Midsummer and Hereditary. They kind of right. do both, which I didn't no. <laughs> yes, I mean, let's talk about hereditary for a moment. Ooh. The head out the car window oh. is just <laughs> one of the most jarring things oh I've ever goodness. watched. I I'm much. so embarrassed to say I watched it on a plane. Not a plane <laughs> movie. <laughs> Not at all. Those movies make you feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> And to be trapped on a plane with them. Good grief. He has something with bashing people's heads in, actually. Now he I'm thinking about it. because it. Midsummer, you've got a lot of... It Doesn't somebody have like a giant mallet and yeah. crush a head? And then he has <laughs> a thing of like crushing the head and then flashing back to the head several times throughout the movie. Like you forgot about it. It's an in case you missed it sort of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Oh, geez. Well, I I appreciate that you uh, are at least willing to watch horror movies because I know some people just put the they have a hard, fast rule. I won't even try it. Well, that, the interesting thing I find is I'm a pretty anxious person and I find that many anxious people can't watch them because they are just too far in the direction of things they don't want to think about. But then a lot of anxious people do watch them because I think it gives you a weird sense of control over all of your worst fears of just watching right. it play out. I don't know. I yeah, don't even it know. It feels kind of like a release to me yeah. in some ways. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like the things that I'm constantly imagining are now in front of me and I get to watch yes. this poor person deal with it. Yes. Rather than me for an hour and a half. This is an interesting uh, December conversation. <laughs> sure. Sure. Days are short and thinking about death. <laughs> um, are you much of a holiday season person at all? I do like the holiday season. I think I, uh, despite myself, I just like all of the sort of fanfare and frivolity right. around it. Like that everyone sort of just embraces it wholeheartedly. Yeah. But I have found recently over the past few years, I have noticed like the 
sort of seasonal depression part of myself coming out more. And then it sort of has to negotiate, like, how is this part of me going to feel about Mariah Carey's (laughs) catalog of holiday music? There is like a weird clash of emotions this time of year where you're supposed to feel cheery and happy and everything visually and audio wise. We're hearing happiness. But then there's like reflecting on the year, reflecting on your life, that kind of the coldness, the darkness. It's a it's a real car crash. for me. Yeah. Even that. What is the the Scrooge tale? Christmas. Uh, What am I blanking on? A Christmas Carol. Yeah. That's like a yeah, that's like a big this is your life, Scrooge. Like, how do you feel about (laughs) it? Past, present and future. I I like (laughs) if any of us did that, none of us would come out looking too hot. No way. <laughs> I don't need to see any of that. I mean, oh. you go anything beyond me being a baby. Sure, if we go back to that, that past, that's fine. But everything else, the mistakes I've made, yeah. I don't want to look at these things. No. That story, I mean, it's essentially just a Halloween story. It is. It's, it's like it's a... It's um, It's really just like a, a Dickensian tale of cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Did you see, have you ever seen the Muppet version? No, I don't think I have. Oh, you have to see the Muppet I version. I know, I do. I love the Muppets, so I don't know why I haven't seen it. If you love the Muppets, if you love ghosts, if you love uh, Michael Caine, yeah. it's got it all. It's got it all. And it's extremely scary. It is I, scary? Even now. Yeah, it's really a scary. Oh. I mean, the the uh, Ghost of Christmas, which one's the scariest? I think Future. Future, yeah. Uh, yeah, that one's a real Ooh. demon that he deals with. So I don't know. I think there was like an FX series last year where they tried to turn it into like a um, like a premium cable thing. I tried to was... make my boyfriend watch it because I was like, it's going to be great. And we couldn't <laughs> even make it through one episode. It was rough. It was uh, <laughs> so goth and It was odd. very goth, yeah. Not for me. Some executive's but... kid. Uh, EP that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, I was looking at your tweets earlier and you oh, revealed I'm something sorry. kind of personal about yourself, <laughs> <laughs> which I want to talk about, which is uh, that you wear night socks. I do. And I, uh, I actually really appreciate that because really? I, think night, I think night socks are deeply underappreciated. I mean, I will say, so you're sleeping in socks. I'm sleeping in socks, yeah. And is that year-round or just winter? It's just winter, but it is, I mean, full disclosure, I'm on these antidepressants that make my toes really cold. So it's like already like year-round, but then it gets the worst in the winter. So I just have to bundle bundle it up. (laughs) <laughs> I I like a night sock, but I feel like it's the one piece of night clothing that's the biggest gamble because I mm. never know what temperature I'm going to be in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. So, you know, 50-50, I'm taking them off in my sleep. I'm waking up with socks on, sweating. Oh, yeah. that I mean, let me be fully clear. That happens over <laughs> frequently time. Okay. Well, then that makes me feel a little bit better about this. I think, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I just think... uh I don't know. I th- I'm past 35 and I think it's like your body's just in free fall. 
<laughs> I know that's probably so insulting to anyone over 35 to be like, this is the beginning of the end, babe. But uh, it really does feel like my body kind of is like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going by the old ways anymore. I do whatever I want. Well, I think that night socks are a nice, I mean, the fact that I think they are a gamble because, you know, you are waking up sweating a lot of the time, but when they work out, it's a nice insurance. Yes. It, like, it will keep you asleep, yes. maybe even longer than you need to. And it's beautiful to just wake up fully comfortable. Are you somebody who likes to have the heat on at night? I think we do have, we have in our apartment, we have heat that cycles on and off. We have that, whatever oh. that nest thing is that it's like right. it reaches a temperature then it sort of turns off until you need it again. So I don't, we leave it on, but I, okay. yeah, it's not like cranking all the time. Yeah. This has been a debate in my house recently. Uh, my boyfriend wants to have the heat on, on some level at night mm -hmm. and I do not, I want it to be freezing cold. <gasps> really? So yeah, I, I would rather just have a lot of blankets and be mm. warm and, uh, rather than w wake up with the sweat. It's yes. too much for me. It's and too I, much. I start to have like nightmares and the heat does all kinds of things to you in your There's sleep. There's nothing worse than waking up wet on your back. <laughs> it's truly <laughs> the worst. And it's inescapable. It's... You wake up hot. Good luck getting away from that feeling yeah. for the rest of the night. You your can't... pillow is hot. Yeah. It's like uh, you can't move. It's too much. It's absolutely too much. And But you're in New York. I'm in New York, yes. So I guess you have to take these things a little more seriously. It has been cold, though. Yeah. <laughs> climate <Yeah>. change <laughs> Climate change has helped us in little ways. Right. Uh, when I was living in New York, when I was interning there like 11 years ago or something, I was living in this apartment where we had uh, no control over the temperature. Yeah. And so, you know, they would just literally turn off the heat and... You know, in the middle of winter, I would be wearing a beanie. I would be wearing my winter yeah. coat, you know, two pairs of pants to bed. And then they would turn on the heat in the middle of the night and suddenly it's 86 degrees no. and I'm ready to go sledding. That's the thing it's, with New York apartments, especially where, where you have like a radiator or something like it really toasts up when they when they oh, get the heat going. That radiator is it's wild. <laughs> it's, the, wild. it's like summer heat. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I now you sort of understand the noises that radiators make because yeah. there's <laughs> some sort of demon in there that is cranking heat it's just dragging that heat from the center of the earth <laughs> yeah it's way too much um aparna i i don't want to get away from talking about radiators and <laughs> sure. house temperatures i mean we could do this for hours 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 but i i do want to i do have something i want to discuss with you sure. and um i don't know how to even approach this it is the holiday season mm -hmm. it's a tricky time of year to be receiving and giving and this kind of thing Yet, recently, you agreed to be on my podcast, I Said No Gifts. Yeah. Uh, we live a continent apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. West Coast, East Coast. We, there's the a whole history of difficulties. The only way to get from you to me is the old spice road. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, let's just be honest. Those spice roads have been used recently because uh, I opened my door last night. And there was a little package sitting there. Oh. Kind of a mysterious package from an mm. online retailer who will go unnamed. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm occasionally ordering things for myself online. And so I was a little confused because I, don't, I didn't remember ordering myself something. 
Okay. Uh, the last thing I ordered was 120 Christmas ornaments uh, for $17. What a deal. That I is mean, a deal. I mean, probably a hundred of them are the size <laughs> of uh, like for a mouse. So they're <laughs> unusable. Uh, but the 20 that I did get are now on my Christmas tree. So I was thinking, what is this package? Mm. Uh, I, I didn't know what, so, but I knew you were coming on today. So I just thought, why not confront Aparna and see if maybe this came from her? Yeah, well, Bridget, you know that I, when I agreed to do this podcast, I said that, well, I expressed my reservations. I said, you know, we've known each other from things and from the internet and we've made plans to hang out, but we've never hung out. <laughs> and then now he wants me to talk with him for an hour straight, if not more. <laughs> and how am I supposed to broach the divide? We don't have the rapport yet. So I was like, we well, have no rapport whatsoever. No rapport. So I confronted my book of etiquette as I do when I have a query and it said, send a little something. Does uh, does your little book have nothing about, you know, when the, the host has a hard, fast rule? Do you uh, obey the rule or do you just ignore? Well, I come from South Asian culture and the thing is there is a culture of refusal that uh, <laughs> that is baked in, but it doesn't mean that you listen to it. it when... <laughs> When you're a guest, you have to be, you know, polite. Okay, well, I mean, so I assume this gift is for me. It's for um, you. I mean, it's now sort of in this bag that says congratulations. <laughs> well, uh, I, I didn't know what the occasion was. <laughs> so this could be a congratulations for anything. I would say it's a congratulations. We are moving to the next level of knowing each other. Oh, that's a good congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations on another perfect year for old Bridger. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on. Yeah, it just... is December. So, yeah, sort of a year <laughs> end. Just pat on the back. Okay. Well, I'm willing to accept that. Okay. Uh, should I open it here on the podcast? I think you should. And just to warn you, it is fairly impersonal. Oh, God. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> this could this could really just set my me on fire. I might be furious. It might as well have been picked out by an assistant on a spreadsheet. <laughs> then I'm going to dive right in. Let's open this up. Let's see here. Okay. Oh, yes, that is exactly oh, what, what is I this? picked out. What, this is it, a light up, <laughs> a light up electronic it, word clock. It's a word clock. It's a clock for when you're sick of looking at those numbers. It's all words. Wait. Oh, so it's a clock, but it it's in word form. It's in word form. Okay, my initial thought that this was going to be, I thought it was like, is it like a word a day calendar oh, no, or something? no, there's no homework. I mean, there's reading, but that's it. This is ter this is really nice. I, I don't know. I, I felt like I didn't want to overstep us knowing each other by trying to pick something. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what Bridger would want. So I tried to pick something a little bit vague. And I was like, who doesn't need a clock? But... You know, at right. the same time, we've all had clocks, and I wanted to pick a clock with something a little different about it. This is a really stylish clock. 
It is pretty chic. I mean, it does look like, I don't know, it looks like it's from a James Bond movie or something. But. Yeah, it looks like it belongs to a cool person. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to run into some difficulties there. Well, I didn't want to presume you didn't think you were cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, we'll get back into this, but I would like, I want you to try to guess What's a personal thing you would try to get me? I'd like to, I'd like to know what that would be. Well, see, I would only base it off of your work that I have taken in. Well, look, that's the information that you've got to do to work with. So I want to hear. Well, my other a- choice was going to be a volleyball medal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not a bad idea. You had two winning options. Yeah. then. you couldn't mm-hmm. lose. That's very impressive. Um, are you somebody who, like, are you a time conscious person are you someone who shows up on time is well scheduled or are you a mess i'm a mess i'm a mess yeah i'm a big mess and i don't i really don't think i'm going to improve my relationship with time in this lifetime look you're over 35 you're in your ways (laughs) i feel like we're both stuck in our ways i'm set i'm set (laughs) so what does that mean then are you showing up to things late are you not putting things in your calendar Very late. I tend to be good, at least about not completely flaking out on things. But I also have this uh, relationship to time where it's like I the amount of time I think I will need to do something is is um, probably like 90 percent off how long it will actually (laughs) take me to do it. Do you have any recent examples of that? Um, even just work. Like if I am like, okay, I have to, uh, let's see what, like I had to write an op-ed recently and I was like, okay, okay uh, I'll have to carve out two hours. And it, you know, it was closer to like eight. <laughs> Writing an op-ed in two hours, <laughs> maybe for the New Where York post. I I am? Like, two hours. <laughs> that feels that is a that is a horrible uh, perspective on time. I also don't don't factor in how much time that I use to just sort of hem and haw and get right. up, sit down. Just, that's two hours alone. Just that's the floating the two around hours. the computer yeah. screen. <laughs> They're just dilly dallying. And so, but wait. So when you wrote this op-ed piece, did you sit down and just write for eight hours? No, it was very. It was like what we we're saying, where I thought about it then i opened a document then i <laughs> answered some emails then i went to bed <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's never it's never clean uh has the op-ed been published yet no that's the thing it's not even a guarantee the oh, editor okay. the editor i wrote it for was like well, unfortunately, we can't guarantee we will publish it until we read the draft. <laughs> I hope this is where you reveal it was just a letter to the editor. <laughs> it's a letter to the editor. <laughs> you spent eight hours writing a letter to the editor, just full of misspellings just and curse words. Just typos, and it was about that I that I don't like their process of submission. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this, uh, who knows what, can you even talk about the op-ed or is that uh, against the rules here? I don't know. I because I assume by the time this comes out, it will ha- either have made the cut or, or been dropped not, on the floor. <laughs> you occasionally will write an op-ed for various things. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it's for, but it's for like you know one of these digital uh, right opinion factories. 
You wrote a BuzzFeed article. I wrote a BuzzFeed list. list. Yeah. It's a quiz list. <laughs> and they were, it's like, which, uh, which Harry Potter house are you most likely to quarantine in? <laughs> <laughs> if that isn't one already, I don't know what's happened to the internet. That's a beautiful list. Oh, wow. So... You're bad at judging time. I uh, I feel like I actually have an excellent internal clock. Really? Oh, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how much longer it's going to last. But I really I can nail set. the time. I think you're set. If you have it, you have it. It's not going away. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, as I slowly lose my mind and just <laughs> fall apart physically, I feel like it's got. it'll be one of the things that goes away. But for now, I really cherish it. So I how can, do you feel like it, it kind of kicks in and keeps you on track um it actually has very few personal benefits let's be honest (laughs) i mean outside of someone occasionally asking me do you know what time it is and i can just guess and tell them which doesn't why not why don't i just look at my watch or my phone uh but it is that little boost of self-confidence when i'm able i'm able to say you know it's 12 25 and then i look at my watch oh it's 12 30 but uh so i'm five minutes off right now here here i am trying to showboat and i'm five minutes off it's a little party favor though it is absolutely people gather around scream bridger tell us the time (laughs) Uh, that's why the only reason i get invited to anything anymore well i can't imagine how how much of a hit that is on new year's eve Everyone turns off Ryan Seacrest and they turn to me and I count down starting at about 1030. I count for an hour and a half and uh, then the party's over and I've lost all of my friends. Uh, but you're, no, you're I, just Jamie Lee Curtis of time. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I guess I am very punctual and wow. I'm proud of that. No, you I, should uh, be proud. I am. I'm ashamed to not be a punctual person. But here's the thing. Your benefit is that you never expect to be on time to anything. Right. So when you're not on time to something, it's not a big deal for you. When I'm not on time to something, I'm having a meltdown. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I feel ashamed. I feel like the one thing that I'm good at has fallen by the wayside. I've failed everyone and it's devastating. So you, uh, but when you're on time to something, I bet you're on top of the world. See, here's the... (laughs) Here's the here's a fun fact about me. I am also having a meltdown when I'm not on time. So I'm just constantly having meltdowns because I'm never on time. You're just a slow moving lava flow at all times. Because I think, yeah, yeah, because I think I'm I'm like, you know what? I'm going to become this on time person. Tomorrow is going to be a new day. And then I'm not again. And it's like the horror repeats. It's a Groundhog Day situation. What's getting in the way? Is it like, oh, I need to like find something to wear. I forgot to eat breakfast. I've got to do these things. Or is it just like you're forgetting? It really is like every time I agree to do something, I suddenly maybe a, a half an hour before I have to do it or even get ready to go leave for it. I get this huge wall of resistance of like, why did I ever agree to do anything in my life? <laughs> I mean, you and I have scheduled multiple times to hang out. I have, I don't remember the last time I saw you in person. No. Actually, I do remember the last time I saw you in person, but it was because I ran into you outside of yes. uh, 
a restaurant in Los Angeles. Yes. This yeah, was yesterday. I, we were both headed in maskless. We were yeah. no. I and again, I have to be very clear. That's not a real thing. We're we're careful people. We're but it was maybe people. over a year ago. This was certainly over. I mean, at this point, you can definitely say it was over a year ago yeah. because it's almost been a year since anyone was doing anything. That's true. Uh, yeah, I think it was over a year ago. I think you were with Joe Firestone. That sounds I think I was right. with Matt Ingebrigtsen. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> But this yeah, that was for, the last time I saw a, you. These are a few Easter eggs for the hardcore fans. <laughs> yes. You've got to look up these names. You've got to put the pieces together. Create a little collage on your computer to look at and imagine this situation. Uh, yeah, this is all wild because I, you were on corporate and I wrote on corporate, but I still didn't even see you on that. I know. I think we saw each other at maybe like a party related to corporate. Maybe. Oh, I mean, who knows when that would have even been. Uh, but the the other strange aspect of this is me writing on corporate. Like every day I'm going into work and thinking about Aparna. Oh, yeah. And uh, thinking about what can Aparna do on this television show. And then when I'm shooting corporate, you know, I put up a wall of writers and I like <laughs> yes. like a true crime detective. I try to solve who wrote what joke. <laughs> Well, then you have that locket with my picture in it, yes. so it's that uh, you refuse to take off even while shooting. So yeah. which became, became a costume problem, but we just kind of wrote it into the show, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that really made the series. But uh, what, what was my point here, even? Uh, oh, just that, yeah, that we've made many plans to almost hang right. out and that have never come to fruition. But I'm honestly surprised that I ever followed through on anything based on just the waves of emotion that go through me through from when I first commit to it to when it actually happens. It's just a real roller coaster. I'm happy to commit to something. I'm happy to live the life of thinking it's going to happen. And then like 15 minutes before, if it's a social thing, I'm just like, why did I plan yes. this? I would much rather just continue to do the thing I do every single night, which is watch television. But then here's the thing. How do you feel after you do the, the social thing? I'm on top of the world. Yeah. I mean, unless it's somebody that I remember, oh, there's a reason I don't, I only see right. this person once a year, but that's, right. I've pretty much gotten rid of most of those people yeah. at this point. A social thing. I'm having a fantastic time. I get, you know, I mean, especially now, I've, we took these things for granted. Oh, Sitting right. across a table at a restaurant with a friend and talking about all the people we don't enjoy. Oh, Ugh. golden moments. Those these are, are the, the moments that I Those are for. the times right. that we need back in our lives. <laughs> Going to a movie with a friend. That one I actually... There's maybe one or two friends that I love doing that with. Otherwise, I'm like, why didn't I just do this alone? Oh, yeah. I am also a fan of watching movies by myself. But sometimes it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. But sometimes people seem to think it's odd or I don't know. No, I think uh, I may have even spoken about this on this podcast before, but I love you get to go to the movie at the yeah. exact time you want to go. Yes. After the movie, you don't have to tell anyone your opinion about the movie. There's no what was your favorite part. It's just you get to think about the movie. Yeah. And you don't have to agree or disagree with someone else's opinion. Right. I would say that some of the most stressed out I've been in movie theaters is when the movie's about to start. I'm jostling around in my seat trying to see where Susie, you know, Salmon is oh. coming in. <laughs> your dear friend. Yeah. She's, of course, oh, that's we're so not synced stressful. up. And I'm trying to save seats with a coat. It's not even winter. 
<laughs> oh, and you're in New York, which is still shockingly, a lot of the seats are not reserved. Not reserved, no. Oh, yeah, which, not pre-assigned. That, yeah. I mean, get with the program, New York City. How are you? I mean, one of the biggest cities on the planet and still people are fighting over movies, movie seats. What's happening there? We don't. We we have a few infrastructure problems. <laughs> now, this is shocking to me. You painting yourself as the first person to be at the movie. I know. Why did I do that? Oh, I know. Because all of my I run late. My friends run late. So sometimes I'm still <laughs> less late than the other person. <laughs> I, I'm just going to uh, make a public record right now. I will never see a movie with you (laughs) because that I want to be at the movie before the trailers begin. I need to see every single trailer. I need to be there probably a good half hour before anything begins. Are you worried about relaxed? But are you worried about what you're going to do for that half hour? I'm going to look at my phone like I do in every other venue. (laughs) Who cares? Then you have to do know. all those movie quizzes. Ugh. Oh, I love the movie quizzes. <laughs> no, the Coke the Coke movie quizzes <laughs> that are just the most obvious answers in the world. <laughs> they make me feel a little bit like I, I know something. I go into the movie with full confidence, feeling like an intelligent person, despite being like, who was the star of Ghostbusters or whatever. Here's so, a movie, pre-movie question. Have you ever been at a movie, trailers come up, one of the trailers catches your eye. Then you spend the whole movie wishing you were watching that other movie you saw in the oh, trailer. Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I can say that I have because I feel like most trailers, the movies are yet to be released. Right. But I will think of, I will think about, oh, I can't wait to see that movie. Right. Have you? Do you have a particular one you can remember? You know, I I said this hypothetical and you would think I had one ready to go, but I truly didn't. <laughs> I love imagining you sitting through every movie just wishing you were out seeing uh, oh, Batman. Oh, okay. I do have you. an example, actually, because a lot of times they'll, they'll uh, preview a holiday movie, like, you know, earlier, either in the summer right. or in the fall. And then I'll be, you know, in the, sitting down to watch whatever, Steve's Zoo. And then I'll I'll <laughs> see this preview of the holiday movie and then I'll be like, oh, I wish it was the holidays. I can't wait for the holidays. And then I'm totally not in this zoo mindset. <laughs> Suddenly you're thinking about Christmas and yeah. the bells jingling or whatever. Do you know what what will distract me while watching a movie is if I see a food that looks enjoyable. Suddenly, I'm just thinking about that food and why I haven't had that food recently. And then I'm starving. And you've got to keep the the good-looking food for the end of the movie. Yes. Otherwise, I'm not going to be thinking about the story you've you've written. So... Yeah, I feel like whenever there's food on screen, you're really... You're really playing a gamble. Even if you got A-list actors, you know, it's not hard for a good piece of cake to just steal focus. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, are you doing anything for the holidays? Um, I mean, I guess in the way that any of us are doing anything right now, I'm not going anywhere. Right. But we might buy a tree. That's a huge development okay. around here. <laughs> A tree is a huge, huge d- development in any home. And it's uh, every year I'm 
I need to just write down how much I spent on the tree this year mm-hmm. because every time I go back to the tree farm or wherever, what is it, a tree lot, I guess yeah. is what you would call it. And I'm floored every time by how much you have to pay for a Christmas tree. How for much a is that? Plant I've, that will die. I've never had a real one. They're like, I think this year we paid $95, oh. which was very low compared to mm-hmm. what we had seen. We went to one lot and it was like, this tree is $180, which just to me Whoa. seems absurd for a thing that's just going, which is essentially like a fire hazard in your yes. home. You're paying nearly $200 to maybe start your house on fire. So uh, I I feel like they float around $100, wow. which I don't know. Is that a lot of money or not? I don't. My Also, <laughs> a lot of my psychosis centers around money and saving money. Yes. And uh, so I don't know that. Maybe people are like, who cares? It's a hundred dollars. But for me, that seems shocking. Yeah, that seems like a, that seems like that's double, di- double digits. What do you call a hundred dollars? Triple that's digits? That's a triple digit. <laughs> I'm making a triple digit salary. Yeah. Uh, it's a hundred dollars seems like a lot to me. I feel like a Christmas tree should be $65. That feels like a Christmas tree That feels tree like price. a good price because it's not insignificant, but it's right. not going to break break your bank is that (laughs) i broke the bank with a christmas tree but you're right especially something that you know you're gonna throw out right that's the thing to me like i have a hard time spending money on things that i know are going to last me 10 years so uh, i don't know do you have a christmas tree place in mind or are you just gonna go blindly into the city and buy the first tree you see i don't know we didn't even talk through where we're going to get this tree from so i don't even know if we're talking real or artificial oh, okay what do you I think artificial go artificial well then we can just reuse it every year right do you have a place to store it no <laughs> well then you'll just leave it up here around <laughs> i don't know does anyone in new york have a place to store anything right in new york i just don't know that an I mean, maybe the it, the artificial tree technology has advanced to a place that they're very mm-hmm. storable. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like it compacts down to like right. I feel like a Christmas little... tree should come out like an umbrella. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Pop it, it open. Yep. And then you can just hang technology. it up like a yeah, like an umbrella. An umbrella feels like the right comparison. Right, and you should be able to hang it in your closet like an umbrella. You should be able to leave it in the back of a cab like an umbrella. <laughs> Uh, whatever you want. your tree <laughs> all over the city. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my tree at the bar. <laughs> um, are you two getting each other presents? Is that something you do? We do, but we also, I don't know, we got, we adopted kittens like a few months ago. <gasps> this is a, a huge revelation. Why was this not I don't know one why of the podcasts? Talk about it sooner. I oh, guess I boy. was like, I don't want to turn into one of those people who just, can't stop talking about their pets or children (laughs) well now you've done it well now i've done it but i think we were like that's sort of our big financial investment this year so right maybe we don't need to get each other full amounts of presents but i think we'll still get each other thing little things okay sure do you have anything in mind for him or is it or is this hush hush i already bought some stuff oh you're kidding me no you're a, you are a very good partner. I haven't bought my boyfriend anything yet. Well, here's here's the true sad truth is that I have an online shopping problem and I'm always <laughs> buying things 
all the time, no matter the occasion or season, including word clocks. <laughs> um, okay, well, do can you will it spoil it for him if you say something you've bought? Or well, is like, something you one thing I bought about? is just like a sweater. Oh, that's like a, a good nice sweater. Uh, uh, where did you get it? I could buy my boyfriend. I'm just gonna call, I'm gonna write down what you're getting your uh, partner, and I will write down. I bought a it treat. at this uh, uh, UK company called Lazy Oaf. Have you heard Lazy of Oaf? <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a nice sweater. Actually, that sounds like it's probably a very comfortable sweater. I Who doesn't want to be a lazy oaf in a sweater? I'm not clear what age group they are actually marketing toward, but. <laughs> but but I am I am a customer. <laughs> How did you find them? This is such a weird uh, answer, but I guess on Great British Bake Off, the sure. Noel Fielding sometimes wears sweaters. Oh, he there. has good sweaters. Yeah, he has some a really fun collection of clothing altogether. So they're a very like quirky companies, but right. it's unclear if they're marketing towards teens or adults. Well, Noel Fielding is probably in his 40s. Yeah, he's, he's probably an adult, but he dresses young. He has a childlike sense of wonder yeah. that he shares with us. And uh, so I think you're probably in a good position. Does your Did the sweater you buy have any sort of particular design on it or what's the deal? Yeah, it's like an argyle cardigan sort of thing. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to look up this company and probably not buy something for my boyfriend and <laughs> end up buying something for myself. And continue to be a bad partner. What are you? What are? What is your gift buying process? If I can inquire, it's it's largely joyless. It's <laughs> essentially uh, trying to locate things they need, right? Trying to improve their life, yeah. Uh, which can be difficult because most adults uh, buy the things they need. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I want to, a gift to improve someone's life in some way, but I need to let go of that a little bit. And like, I'm trying to think of my sister's birthday is this month. I need to get her a Christmas present. I'm like, I need to think of something that she'll just enjoy something a little more frivolous. You know, I want her life to be largely improved, but I've just got to. I've got to take a breath and just buy something fun. Well, yeah, I also think if you're trying to improve someone's life, it's like the expectations are way too high. <laughs> way too high. And then if it doesn't improve their life, yeah. you just feel like a loser. I know. It's like, just buy them some nice clothes. Then, uh, I don't know. And some people uh, seem easier to shop for than others because, I don't know, because they're... They collect spoons or something quirky where right. you're like, oh, I'll just get them another spoon. But, right. but then other people, ooh, they're just blank slates. You don't know what they want and they don't seem like they want anything. Yes. This actually reminds me, You, I, I looked at my watch to see what day it was because a <laughs> uh, friend's birthday is coming up and he does have a specific interest, which oh. I latched on to about two months ago and thought, oh, I, I know what to get him. It was so easy. Uh, I'll buy him a couple of these things he's interested in yes. and then maybe a book. And suddenly it feels like a personal gift. But it's really I'm just exploiting the one interest that he tells people about. Yeah. The only danger I feel like if you were going to have an interest like that is like, what if you just end up with a house full of spoon? Because everyone's getting <laughs> right. the same gift. That feels like a is that like a monkey paw wish or something? Yeah. Where it's like it just ends up being a curse. <laughs> uh but I look, there are worse things to have than 
countless spoons. That's true. The spoons are actually a useful thing to collect. Right. Do you have specific interests that people can exploit for gift giving? I love books, so I I feel like that's a real safe one because everyone can buy you a book. But here's the thing with books. Uh, Do you have like a particular type of book you like? I'm pretty open. Genre? Like, okay. like, well, I love fiction. So, right. you know, anything like the new hot uh, Donna Tart or whatever. Right, I'm right. But, uh, Wait, what was the last Donna Tart book? I think it was The Goldfinch. That was her Yeah, oh, that was one. about nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's her thing, though. She's a recluse and she, she, she only write, releases it when it's ready. She comes out swinging. Yeah. Yeah, books are a good one. Although, and this is something that I probably have said a million times on this podcast, if it's not a good book, it's just a painful piece of homework. That's true. Are you but, a completist? Like if you're reading something, you don't like it, uh, you stop or or can you I'm push slowly, through? slowly learning that if I'm halfway through the book and I have not enjoyed myself for a second, I can probably stop reading it. But this is a very recent development in my life. I'm I'm finishing every book I'm opening <laughs> and often to my own detriment where it's just like hurting my life and yeah. I'm not learning anything. It's not bringing me any joy. It's just like, why am I doing this? That's me too. I don't know why. I think I get too involved in the author's feelings and i'm like well they put all this time into this the least i can right. do is finish it they spend at least two hours writing this and uh no i um with finishing a book i think there's always maybe there's just a dumb hope in my brain yes that finishing it will be like oh this all came mm-hmm. together and now i'm happy i did it yet that never almost never happens <laughs> never for me happens. There's no key that unlocks my joy at the end of the book. It's just, oh, I just wasted a week reading. Yep. I don't know. What is there anything you've read recently that you enjoyed? Yes. What was it? Uh, I just read this book. I've been reading so much lately that all the books kind of blend together, which I don't think is what authors want to hear. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what did I read recently? Oh, I read this book of essays by Zadie Smith that she wrote during quarantine. So it's a little bit of a kick in the pants, but it's also very good. Okay. I'll have to look that up. I I think I'm a little, um, I'm not quite ready for quarantine material yet. Uh, That's uh, maybe in a few years, I can take a dive back into this slog of a year and uh, relive it. But right now I just, I need some level of escape. Yeah. I mean, I've been also reading this children's book series that I really like. uh, What is it? Called the Mysterious Benedict Society. I've heard of this. Oh, you have. I've heard. I, I've heard people really enjoy this. Yeah, it's fun. It's just it's the same genre as Harry Potter of like right. kids who are a little. Um, some of them are orphans, but they're kind of misfits, and they go on adventures, and they all have talents. This sounds lovely. Yeah. This hit. I think that sort of thing hits the spot for just about any person. Yeah, and it's we all want to be children that we all want to be children. discover something magic. Exactly. Mysterious Benedict Society. Okay. Well, Aparna, yes. enough about books, enough about time. I want to play a game with you. Okay. Do you want to play a game called Gift or a Curse, or do you want to play a game called Gift Master? I'll say Gift or a Curse. Okay. I need a number between 1 and 10 from you. Should I say it out loud? Yes. Okay. Uh, 4. 
Okay, I need to do some calculating okay. for the next minute or so. You have the microphone. You can recommend something, promote something, do whatever you want. Share a recipe. I don't care. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. I'm going to share a recipe that I made recently. And I'm not a very proficient cook. So when I say that anyone can make this, I really mean anyone. And that sounds like I'm selling a product, but I really mean that I trust you can make this. It is a recipe called cauliflower cashew and pea curry from the New York Times website. I'm happy to include the link in the show notes if Bridger will let me do that, but I don't know if that's something within my purview, but I guarantee you this recipe, as long as you have most of the ingredients, you don't even need all of them. That's a secret that you should know about most recipes. You don't need all the ingredients. There's a couple they just throw in there to show off and it's up to you to figure out which they are. So that's my big plug. Cauliflower curry. Uh, I clearly can't remember a single book I've read, so I can't recommend any more of those. Uh, But yeah. Aparna. An excellent use of the time. I may have given you too much time. I get lost in these lists and I'm sorry. No, I I hate to leave somebody just floating, but you do what you can do. (laughs) I really just wanted to not, you know, lead your listeners astray. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Okay, let me tell you about the game. Gift or a curse. I'm going to tell you three things. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. Okay. There are, I have to be very clear, there are correct answers. So you can fail this game and it will be shameful. So just be careful. Okay. All right. That that sounds like life. (laughs) Number one. And now this is the other part of the game that becomes difficult Mm -hmm. for me personally because I lose all of the information. Oh, gift or a curse. This is from a listener named Casey. Casey has suggested... Gift or a curse, wooden biodegradable utensils. Wooden biodegradable utensils. I'm going to say that's a gift because you can reuse them. But then when you're tired of reusing them, you can just bury them and move on with your life. Because they will biodegrade and you don't have to feel the guilt of, you know, poisons being leached into the worms. (laughs) Aparna, you got it right. Oh, thank gosh. I think that I, I love a wooden biodegradable I utensil. I love it. I love, uh, they remind me of those little wooden spoons that come with that crappy ice cream mm. uh, you get as a kid that <laughs> you little, kind of chew on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, just the little paddle. It's barely a spoon. Right. It, it is kind of like a hamster's paddle, like yeah. kayak paddle or yeah. something. I love that feeling on my teeth. Mm-hmm. I see nothing wrong with these. No. I mean, what's the downside? I w- Maybe a splinter? Yeah, that was the one thing I was like, is there ever a possibility of splintering if you bite too hard? But it's never I've never seen it happen. So Right. And I think you'd have to be really going to town on your food yes. in order for that to break in your mouth and then stick into your teeth gums or something. Yeah, that sounds like you just need a remedial course in how to use utensils. Because I don't <laughs> think you should chew. be biting forks or spoons in general. <laughs> Okay, excellent work there. Let's move on to the second one. 
Let's see here. And again, I'm struggling. It's This podcast is largely just about <laughs> hearing me struggle through the things that other people have an easy time doing. Mm, relatable. <laughs> gift or a curse. I'm just going to say gift or a curse over okay. and over until I find it. Okay. Uh, oh, gift or a curse. Oh, this is an interesting one. People telling you their dreams. Oh, people telling you their dreams. This one feels tricky because there's, you know, such a common assumption that there's nothing worse than people telling you their dreams. And I'm assuming these are your night dreams, not your. Yes. Tell, I, I suppose telling you about their the dreams yeah, they've about had. about the dreams they've had. So it, Although <laughs> telling you their dreams for life is a whole, <laughs> I should add that to the list as well. Yeah, that's a separate. I feel like a lot of Lyft drivers in LA doing this sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like I the common assumption would be that it's a curse, but I'm trying to see if there's any silver linings I can think of for people telling you their dreams. I mean, there is the the occasional perk up when when it's like you were in my dream last night, which right. kind of helps give you an idea of how this person maybe contextualizes you in their brain, but mm, I'm still going to say it's a curse because I think the person is asking you for feedback on something that feels very internal and it feels like a real subconscious. You had to be there. <laughs> Aparna, I appreciate the reasoning uh -oh. you've put behind this. Um, unfortunately, I knew it. You, you should have gone with your initial instinct. I, I think I've really come around on this, to be honest. I used to be so unbelievably bored when people would start telling me their dreams. Right. I really appreciate it. Now. I know. I think, you know, it can, I mean, you, the, you do need to edit. People need to like, let's get the dream sure. into a few sentences. We don't need a half hour description of what the dream was, but it's a fun little it imaginary is. thing you get to see what's happening on happening in their brain uh i don't see i think we need to as a society accept that it's kind of fun to hear people's dreams yeah i i'm i'm gonna fully uh drop what i was pushing before and say i agree <laughs> with you and i also just think why did they ever why did it ever become a thing that we thought was unpleasant Right. I feel like there was like this wave where we all felt that where it was like, don't keep that information to yourself. Yeah. You're boring me. Maybe if it's the only thing you talk about, maybe that's a terrible thing to do. Right. But occasionally, if somebody tells me something they dreamed about, it's going to last two minutes. I get to hear some sort of wild story. Right. And uh, maybe it'll give me a new perspective on this person's thinking. Yeah. And if anything, you don't have to, you know, even if something horrible happened in the dream, you don't have to have, you know, have an actual series of correct reactions because none of it actually happened. Right. Uh, I will say this. If the person starts taking it personally, that's when we get into some weird territory. You've just oh. given me a bunch of absolutely fully removed from logic and I should be able to, like you said, I should be able to comment however I wish. You mean like the thing of like someone's mad at you because of something you did in their dream? Well, if somebody tells me I had a dream that, uh, I don't know, I fell in a river and yeah. uh, what have you. And I say, 
well, it sounds like you deserved falling in a river and then they're <laughs> mad at me. Well, who cares? You just right. told me a fictional tale that right. your brain did in a fever. Right. So just remove the personal. Your brain wrote a little story that you told me and I'll tell you whatever I want to tell you about it. Yeah, it, it really it really breaks open the possibilities of conversation. Right, right. Okay, well, I mean, you did you did fail that one, but I, I do did. appreciate you at least admitting and coming back to your true self. Yeah, I think it just goes back to something I should remember, which is that you got to listen to your gut. My you thing have is, to listen to your gut. My thing is second guessing my gut and it's not serving me. Right, but now you've learned publicly and uh, you, <laughs> yeah. you'll never do it again. I'll never do okay. it again. Okay, final one. This is a, another listener suggestion. Someone named Sonia has written in okay. and suggested gift or a curse, mm. restaurant leftovers wrapped in aluminum foil to look like a swan. Is that a gift or a curse? Okay. Point of order. I've only ever seen this in movies and never have experienced this <laughs> swan that is supposedly making the rounds and the restaurant <laughs> circuit. I've never seen one of these swans. I get it. I get it in that little plastic bag with the smiley face that says, thank you. <laughs> Sometimes if they're really springing for trumpets, they'll have the paper bag with the restaurant logo on it. But <laughs> where is this swan? I've never seen this swan in my life. <laughs> well, then I need you. I, I don't care if you've seen it one way or the other. I need you to tell me if it's a gift or a curse. <sighs> I mean, I I think just because it is essentially at this point my white whale of dining, I'm going to say it would be a gift because I've <laughs> never achieved it and it's all I want now. <laughs> You'll feel like you've really made it if you, you get some a little bit of steak yeah, wrapped up in like a the golden, the go Charlie's golden ticket. <laughs> Aparna... The swan made from <laughs> aluminum foil that's wrapped around some lukewarm mashed potatoes is a curse. What? You have failed. It's a curse for a lot of these same reasons. I don't know that I've ever seen it, but I'm haunted by the possibility. <laughs> okay, because my next question was going to be, is there food in the swan's neck? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that feels disgusting to me. Yeah. For some reason, it's fine when it's in the... The, the belly, uh, the belly of the swan. But when we get up into the neck and mouth area, if there's food in there, it suddenly well, feels like it's actually part of a swan. And that's disgusting. well. That's why I needed to get one so I could do some quick surgery and just get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I don't even know. I couldn't even guess at a restaurant that might be doing this. No. I imagine like a fancy steakhouse or something. Yeah, it must be one of these Ruth. I was going to say Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's not Ruth Chris. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg Chris Steakhouse. Oh, dear. Um, it, uh, the swan is kind of uh, adjacent to the balloon animal. Yes. Which uh, also kind of an unnecessary part of life. Right. But I have had a balloon animal. I... Um, I don't know. I think it's a curse. And I think that you've, uh, unfortunately, you've bombed the game. I really have. <laughs> I just. One out of three. Come on. I really, I really got to step back and reevaluate uh, objects, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, this is a little unconventional. Usually we would go right to another part of the podcast. But I do want to 
I wanted to ask you about your cats. I want to know their names. Oh. I want to know what they look like. Tell me anything you want. Just we could talk about this briefly, but I do love that you have cats. Yes. Yeah, so I will. Uh, you should know I've never owned cats before. Didn't grow up with cats. So this is first time cat owner. My boyfriend has had cats. So he, okay. he, he, they were coming into a home with one person fully not knowing anything about cats, the other person. And their two sister kittens, they, oh. they were bonded and they came together. And one is named Zazie and she's a calico. Okay. And oh. then Nanny is a tortoise shell. Oh, this that's a great combination. Yeah, they're very cute. One of Nanny, her big thing is she doesn't have any bones. She's just like a long, she's essentially just like a balloon animal cat. <laughs> Like she, it's just a pile of fur on the floor. Yeah, like she really, the way she moves her body and like sleeps, like it doesn't seem like she has bones. Wow. And initially I thought that was a real cat medical condition. I was thinking, God bless <laughs> no you bones? for bringing yeah. in this boneless cat. <laughs> no bones. Um, and then Zazie's thing is she's obsessed with food in, a way, in oh. an unhealthy way. <laughs> oh boy. Are you, so as a... As someone who didn't previously own cats, are you enjoying your time with them? Yeah, I just learned the other day that curiosity killed the cat. I didn't even understand that that is a cat specific expression. I just thought it was like alliteration. <laughs> Have there been any challenges? Well, like right when we got them, probably within a week or two, Nanny turned on the stove at like 2 a.m. Oh my God, that's <laughs> curiosity killed the cat owner. Yeah, so we had to get child safety knobs on our <laughs> stove. How did you find out that the stove was on? I My boyfriend has like a lot of insomnia, so luckily he was oh. up and he heard like the clicking noise of like when the, it's trying to light. <laughs> I love the cat just being like, I'm out of here. I'm burning <laughs> this place down. It was like Had Macaulay enough. the good son, Macaulay Culkin. It totally is. <laughs> Elijah Wood is just watching Macaulay turn on the gas Yeah, because she's also like it. the more innocent one. Like she's like gentler and Zazie's oh. sort of the feisty, naughty one. But then this one's turning on the stove in the middle of the night. That's wild. Oh, well, I'm excited for you. I'm very happy that you've brought these little cats into your life. Yeah, it's I mean, been so good. excited that I'm willing to just derail the podcast and <laughs> talk about it. I don't care. Um, I mean, it is my show. I'll do it whatever I want. It is your show. Okay, this is the next segment of the show. We have to answer some questions from listeners. This is called I Said okay. No Questions. Okay. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. They're desperate. That's all you need to know. Okay. Let me read this first one. It says, Dear Bridger and wise guest. So this person has Whoa. assumed you're wise. I feel like you've got a quiet wisdom. But they weren't around for that last game. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's just just play the part. My sister is getting married this year in Arizona. I'm the maid of honor, but I'm unable to attend because I live in Canada. Another mm -hmm. obvious reason for not attending is this pandemic. But she doesn't, think, doesn't seem to think these are valid reasons. Anyway, what do you recommend as a gift that shows love and support to an important event you are unable to attend? Uh, that's from Liz. Wow. Um, sounds like she's her sister's a, a little out of control. <laughs> yeah. The sister is not only hosting a wedding in the middle of a pandemic, she's dem she's making kind of a fuss about people showing up. Right. That's hard. I mean, it's already hard 
if you have like a destination wedding or something to expect right, everyone to show time. up. Yeah. Do you like a destination wedding? I don't think I've ever gone. No, wait, I have gone to one. I went to one that was at a cabin in Vermont. Okay. It's a little, I, I'm sorry, but I don't know. if I'm going to go on a vacation, I want it to be my, my vacation, not yeah. your special day. Don't do that. That's to like me. forcing someone to go on a vacation that you've customized to be your vacation that works for you. Right. <laughs> Assuming I mean, that I, they would love the exact same thing. Yes, it's emotional terrorism, and uh, it feels like they're just putting you in a spot where there's nothing you can do, and they're putting the relationship on the line, and suddenly you're spending thousands of dollars to go be at a mediocre party. I will say this wedding I went to in Vermont, I had to come from a comedy gig, so I had to come late, and basically it involved me some poor teenager in a golf cart having to chauffeur me straight to the <laughs> wedding ceremony. <laughs> wow. We cannot start until Aparna is here. <laughs> I hope you were officiating. I wasn't. I was just standing in the back. <laughs> um, well, okay. So the sister, she's yeah. uh, flying around Arizona. She's doing whatever she wants. She's demanding her sister show up. Yes. But Liz is going to stick in Canada. She has to get her a gift and needs to show her some level of support. Ah, uh, this is I don't a, even know what you get people for a wedding gift that they're not telling you to get them. Cause I always thought there's a registry. Right. But I guess as a sister, like yeah. as a family member, there's like some expectation that you will know even more. Right. Um, but I, I'm sorry, I don't like the. I, I I'm not a big fan of the sister, so I'm having a hard time getting behind giving her anything and getting her something supportive, no less. Right. I mean, maybe send a box of masks for everyone who's there. <laughs> I feel like any anything I would suggest would just uh, damage the relationship. Right. I was thinking also because she's in Canada and the sisters in Arizona, which are two completely different climates, get her something Canada specific since she probably can't get that where she is. But I don't know if that's what you want for your wedding. Send her a goose down jacket and Phoenix. (laughs) A maple leaf jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean... Actually, in this situation, the mean sister, let's call her the mean (laughs) sister, is kind of making a demand. So if I were the good sister, our friend Liz, I would start making demands of my own. I'd say, for your wedding, I want to be a remote DJ. I want to be on a screen and I want to play all of the music. Suddenly you're in control of the wedding. Yeah, maybe that could be her gift. Right. That's the gift. And the sister cannot complain. Right. And you're kind of present and it's just kind of a tit for tat. Uh, No one ends up that happy. I think that's a great solution. And she could, you know, put in that aura of support by saying, I will let you pick up to five songs. (laughs) In the four hours, I will give you 15 minutes of your favorite songs. The rest of it will just be noise, sheer ambient (laughs) noise. I feel like that these are all excellent options. Yeah, and then she's giving herself a way to participate in the wedding, too. So I think that really checks off all the boxes. Or just give her the card hold advice. Card hold? Am I saying that? (laughs) 
hard cold. Hard cold is what I'm trying to say. Card hoarded. Cold hard advice to wait for the pandemic to end. Yeah. And then have the wedding. I'll show up. I'll get you a wonderful gift. Whatever you want. I've noticed a lot lot of people really trying to uh, just get to that next life step during the pandemic. (laughs) You've got a beautiful excuse here. Just use it. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to use this as an excuse, then nothing is ever going to stop you from doing anything. And there's something you need to set up some boundaries for yourself personally because it's too much. It's too much. Okay, let's answer one more. This wow, you're getting some uh, some good adjectives. Hi, Bridger, an esteemed guest. Wow. So there you go. Wise and esteemed. That's Aparna. That's the Aparna promise. This person says, and this is probably going to get to this guy too late. Hmm. My group of friends and I have decided to take part in a secret Santa gift exchange this year. Many of us have had to move out of New York, so this gift exchange is happening through the mail. I drew my friend Jared. Hello to Jared. Jared is an engineer of some sort. None of us actually know, but I think he works on lasers for medical equipment. Okay. He loves comedy. He does acro yoga. And he's the only one of our friends with a car in the city. He is the nicest guy, but I'm stumped on what to get him. What should I get him? That's from Chandler, I guess in New York or maybe not in New York. Hard to tell at this point. For the secret secret Santa, which we've kind of given away because hopefully Jared is also a listener, but let's be honest, he's not. <laughs> What is he getting, Jared? This person likes comedy and works on lasers or something? Uh, and what's acro yoga? <laughs> that's, a, what, that's what immediately popped for me. <laughs> acro yoga. Is that like you're an acrobat, but you're stretching? I think so. I assumed it's like aerial yoga, like yoga, but you're suspended. Right. Things. Right. That know. makes sense to me. And that to me is the gift area that I think we should focus that's on. That's what I was going to say because that's Tickets so specific. to the circus. <gasps> Cirque du Soleil. Oh, Cirque du Soleil. A, a DVD of Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> DVD of Cirque du Soleil <laughs> with an accompanying um, mug. Right. Maybe fill his home with the scent of cigarettes to give it the Vegas experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That feels like a, I mean, just right off the bat, we've got a personal gift. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's a DVD. Or maybe a DVD with accompanying soundtrack. Maybe he could play in his oh, car. Not a, or while he's doing acro yoga. While he's doing acro yoga, yeah. I wonder if this person's able to do acro yoga during the pandemic. I mean, you have to have a, a decent sized space to be flying around or whatever. Yeah, and like some kind of place that you could... Uh, straddle a hook in your ceiling. (laughs) Which in New York just seems difficult. Right. I mean, unless this Jared, who maybe he is super, I mean, if he's he's Jared of from Diamonds, then he. Or I was going to say Jared of Ivanka. Oh, maybe this is Jared Kushner. And we know that he's uh, a mess of a person and kind of a weasel. That person doesn't deserve a gift. Don't but get him a gift. But also kind of a nice guy by this email's account. <laughs> right. This person's, if if he's defending Jared Kushner here, then there's something <laughs> wrong with Chandler. But let's assume this is not Jared of the Kushner fortune. Right. This is Jared of the Diamonds fortune. Mm-hmm. He's got a huge warehouse space that he's flying around in doing his yoga. Yeah. How about a nice pair of uh, stretch pants? Yeah. 
Because you're not doing acro yoga in jeans. No, no, no. Although I'd love to see a full denim <laughs> outfit doing acro yoga. I'm sure that's happening in Vegas for sure. <laughs> the all denim Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, some sort of uh, equipment or clothing, a unitard, a leotard, mm-hmm. um, something he can be doing this exercise in comfortably, stylishly. And uh, safely. Yes. And I, I think no one, no one who does yoga is going to, you know, throw a nice pair of yoga pants out of the out of the bed. No, they're going to slide right into them. Yeah. And they're headed down to the warehouse to start <laughs> uh, jumping over the net or what have you. Have you ever done any sort of acrobatic exercise no though i shot this show uh space force on netflix that came right. out recently and we had to do wire work for <gasps> it because we did wire work to, we're supposed to be on the moon which is definitely the first time i had ever done anything like that oh you're kidding yeah was it enjoyable or were you like in a harness that was painful you're in a harness and it does get a little painful after a while just because it's really just squeezing you like a bottle of mayonnaise (laughs) (laughs) and all of your parts that are contained in the harness. But other than that, it's, it's cool to kind of have someone else carrying your weight. Like when you jump, there's someone like pulling on a harness. So they're kind of holding you up. Oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah. How long were you in the harness for? Mm, I mean, at the most, like in terms of time, probably just like an hour or two, because then it just starts to get painful. And did you get pretty high off the ground or was it more like, you know, moon gravity jumps? The actual stuff we shot was more just like moon gravity jumps. But we we got to do a few like scenes where we were just playing around more. And then we got to go up maybe like, I don't know, 10, 10, 10 or 15 feet. Oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah. Okay. So you have d- essentially done acro yoga. I guess I've done acro yoga in a way. You're an acro yoga freak. <laughs> okay, Chandler. Take all of that information, put it in a blender, and suddenly Jared has the secret Santa gift of a lifetime. And if he doesn't enjoy it, he can take his diamond fortune and uh, do whatever he wants. I also love that he was like, we don't know him that well, but then he said like <laughs> several helpful things to get right. him a gift. I mean, I think that this whole friend group, the gift they need to give Jared is find out what he's doing for a job because he's probably <laughs> wants he probably wants people to know what he's doing. And they're like, he's an engineer and he's he does lasers, lasers or something. Find out what he's lasering at the very <laughs> yeah. least. Is he lasering eyes, yeah. faces? Yeah. I don't know. Jared Chandler, good luck. I don't know. Good I hope luck. you have the happiest of holiday seasons. Aparna, I am thrilled about this. I mean, so right behind glad. me, I have these shelves that have nothing I do on them. See, yeah, I do see that you have a shelf I, uh, in need of a moved little. moved in here recently, and this room does not have what needs to be happening. Wow. So soon there's going to be this beautiful word clock <laughs> uh, just reminding me that uh, our time here on Earth is finite mm-hmm. and that we're all slowly falling apart. Yep. Yep. Thank you for being here. It's I've had a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. It was, you know, it was only a matter of time before this came to fruition. <laughs> yes, we finally have done it. And uh, go out there and enjoy yourself. And podcast listener, you do the same or stay in and enjoy yourself. That's probably safer at this point. So either way, 
I hope we're all having a happy holiday season, and do what you want to do now. You can turn off the podcast. That's... This is... I'm giving you the go-ahead. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an exactly right production. It's engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads when I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home you gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts your presence is present enough and I already had too much stuff so how do you dare to survey?